Hey guys, you're listening to Interverse Podcast. Right now, this track in the background is called Mystics. It's by Wolf Tech. I highly recommend you check out his new release on SoundCloud. But before we get on to the episode with Pixel Pusha, I've got a quick favor to ask. Can you open the podcast app on your iPhone or maybe iPad, iDevice, and find Interverse Podcast in the search function? Once you're there, click the Write a Review button and leave a five-star review. You don't have to do any kind of subject line or description unless you want to. I just need a five-star review from each and every one of you that's got an iPhone or an iPad. The reason for that is Apple uses these search algorithms and they're completely determined by the rating system of getting five stars from as many people as you can to decide whether or not you're going to be high on the list or low on the list of podcasts when people are searching for them. So we're going to need a lot of reviews to get this show bumped up higher in the list. If you can spare 30 or 45 seconds, I'd really appreciate it. And don't get mixed up by the fact that if you're subscribed to the show and you go find it in the podcast app, you won't be able to leave a review there. You actually have to go to the search area where you would go to look for a new show and type in Interverse Podcast. Boom, find it there. Boom, write a review. Boom, you're done. Takes like 30 seconds. Honestly, it might take some people more like two minutes because of getting confused by that. The fact that it's not there in your subscription area that you can do it, you got to search for it. So just go search real quick and do it and, and we will be good to go. I am really excited you're checking out this episode because my conversation with Brian was fantastico and I know everyone's going to enjoy it. Warning, warning, you're about to be subjected to about a 12-minute speech about why I think you should give me money. If you want to skip ahead because you already subscribed to Patreon or you just don't really care to hear that and want to get on to the episode, jump ahead about 12 minutes and you can skip right to where I'm introducing Brian and we'll get right to our talk. But if you don't know about my Patreon, I'd really appreciate it if you heard me out for a second. In case somehow I haven't explained it to you already, what Patreon is, is a website where artists can do exactly what they want for their fans, what their fans want. And the fans can pay exactly what they want financially and support the artist. And it's this beautiful circle of life where, depending on how much you pledge to the show, I will be able to provide you with better and better rewards that hopefully you actually want. Otherwise, why would you pledge? I want to go over what all those rewards currently are 
and maybe touch on a couple ideas for how they might expand in the future and otherwise just get it kind of fully across exactly what the Patreon is for. And before I do, it would be awesome if you were going along with me on this and checking out the page. So if you could, go to patreon.com forward slash interverse or check in the episode links at the uh, in the notes of the description for this episode. You'll be able to find a link to it. And while you're there, you'll see that there are these rewards listed out on the side of the page. So I'll go over what those are now. First, you have the $1 tribe. They're called the Interversal Tribe. And it's only a dollar to be sending me once a month. Not very much, but that is a huge symbol of support. You are linking your energy up to mine and to the show. And by doing that, you are going to be the reason why the show grows. So even if all you could do is pledge a dollar, please, please do it because you're going to be helping out the show a lot. And here's what you'll get in return. You'll get access to exclusive episodes in the future featuring people that are subscribers to the show on Patreon. So that even could be you. I'll follow you on social media. I'll repost your stuff and I'll give you a shout out in an episode. All that for a dollar. And really, what's a dollar anyway? Most people can forget about a dollar a month. No big deal. But if enough of you guys are able to actually support the show with a dollar a month, I will be able to eventually make this my full-time job and be a lot better at it too. So please consider going there and pledging $1. Of course, I'd like you to pledge more if you're able, but like I said, $1 would be amazing, amazing. And I would be so appreciative and you would really be doing the show huge service and also your fellow artists because the show is going to promote a lot of artists in the future. For those of you who want to give more and give more, the $3 tier are called the Initiates. For $3, you're going to get access to an exclusive feed of my artwork. So that'll include GIFs or GIFs. I don't know what the fuck to call that. Uh, um, Psychedelic art that I make, patterns that I create that you could use for your own projects or do whatever you want with. I don't care. Print them into fabric and sew with them or something. There's going to be tons of that stuff I'll be posting there, hopefully a couple times a week, depending on how time allows. But I'll definitely be keeping that exclusive art content flowing. And of course, you'll also get the rewards for the $1 tier. All of these tiers give you the rewards for the lower tiers with one exception, and I'll explain that later. The other thing you'll get for the $3 is video episodes. Whoa, I know. I don't have time to make like fancy YouTube uploads, but I do have time to capture video of some of my webcam chats, including video of this particular conversation. So, if it sounds cool to be able to completely skip the intro, go straight into it, uh, straight into the interview, and have video of it, go subscribe to Patreon for three dollars, and you'll have it. And I even put them up early. So right now, as I'm recording this, the episode's already there for patrons, and I haven't released the main audio version yet. Okay, so five dollars, you will get a custom trippy portrait of yourself that I'll that I will do for you in the style that I do the episode artwork. I'll also give you a shout out on the show once a month and repost your page once a month. So that could be really helpful for your art sometime. I'll also send you a sticker when you join the $5 tier. Yeah. And you also get access to the upcoming guest list for the show. If I know someone's coming on, I'll post about it on Patreon and you can hit me up with some questions for that guest and I will make sure to ask them yeah, that'll be fun. So I need you guys to participate 
so we can get some really good questions to our guests. Finally, coming up to the probably the best tier that you can get on. The $12 tier is called the Council. And you guys will only be able to put 12 members on the Council. So you better hurry up and elect yourself. <laughs> the reason for 12, I don't know, it's $12 a month tier, 12 signs of the Zodiac, 12 disciples. There's all kind of cool like spiritual things with number 12. My friend Marina gave me the idea to do, do it kind of indirectly. Uh, and I, you know, I would kind of consider this to be um, me and you really interacting and having sort of a, a back and forth teaching relationship where we learn from each other. I think that would be really fun. So if you want, pledge $12 a month. We'll have monthly chats, either in person if we're close together or over the webcam. I'll do tarot for you. I'll give you advice about whatever your project is you're working on right now or maybe help you out with with designing something. We get at least an hour-long chat. We can make a podcast episode out of it. Really, it's up to you. It's your time where you have access to me. And I'll give you a crystal when you sign up. And you can suggest upcoming guests for the show as well. So that tier, it's already got one guy in it. Shout out Jeff. Join Jeff. We will do great things together. We will rule the galaxy with an iron fist. Okay. Here's a cool tier. $15, Gracious Guru. I don't have anybody joined up to this yet. But the first person that does is going to be glad they did. You're going to be getting a print, a hat pin, a sticker pack, or a shirt from a show's, from a guest from the show once a month. So it's kind of like Loot Crate or FestiBox, if you've heard of those services, where you subscribe and once a month you get something sort of a surprise, but that's really cool and you know that you're going to like it. That's how the $15 tier is going to work. You'll get all the previous rewards, except the... Uh, except the council because only 12 people can get on that and you'll get a print pen sticker pack all that and the people who join the $15 tier gracious gurus you will still get to be in the $12 tier if there's spots in it I believe that's how it works anyway we'll make sure that's how it works if you go on up to $25 a month which seems like a lot but for what you're getting it's actually a great deal you've got a shop or you've got prints that you want to sell, you have something online you're trying to do, or something you just want to promote or advertise in general, you'll get a two minute or longer, if I talk longer, promotion in every episode, well, sorry, one episode a month for whatever it is that you're doing. So basically you're paying $25 to promote yourself on the show. It's kind of like advertising, but it's to a targeted, awesome audience of creative content enthusiasts so you'll get a lot better return on that $25 than if you spent it on some other kind of advertising and of course you'll get all the other cool fan based rewards as well so let's do that let's get signed up people please help really the show needs your help but seriously we're 100% listener supported and I say we I mean me <laughs> so if you can do this pledging thing to patreon you are going to be helping me make this my actual job, like I said. I will be incredibly grateful. I will love you a lot. And I know there's a couple of you out there that really want to collaborate, that really want to catalyze some change. And if you pledge $100 a month, that's where you really get to dig in and interact with the show in a big way. 
If you pledge $100, you will get a promotion on every episode of the show where I talk about you, talk about what you're doing. You'll get to make a podcast with me up to twice a year, maybe more depending on how schedules work. And you get access to all the lower tier rewards, of course. And on a weekly basis, I will repost your content on social media as well as giving you the uh, promotions in the show. So $100 a month, you get a lot of exposure through the show. And as we get more and more listeners, that's actually going to be very, very handy to somebody out there. But uh, right now, I've only got it set up so two of you can do it because I don't know how it's going to work. I haven't done it very much yet. I've done some ads for my friend Marina for Wanderwear. But yeah, I really want to see see who out there is interested in synchronizing our intentions and cross-promoting each other and really doing some good for one another and for our community by sharing our truth with them. So thank you for listening to me talk about Patreon. I tried to keep it brief. Actually, the last time I talked about it, the last recording I gave uh, an attempt to was like 20 minutes. So I'll cut it off here. But just know that for only a dollar, only a dollar, you would be doing me the greatest service and you would be helping this platform, Interverse Podcast, grow so that more and more people can expose their creativity, share their truth, and get their messages out to like-minded people and also help you know, change the minds of people that think that they're not creative or think that there's no value in art or expression. So together we can do it. We can actually turn this world around. <laughs> but I need your money. <laughs> it sounds like a church or a cult. But seriously, I do need money. It's expensive to run the show. I have SoundCloud to pay for. I've got my creative tools to pay for, like um, software, you know. I'm going to need a new computer soon. It's just a fact. And yeah, you know, I just bought business cards for the show with patron money. That was really cool. I'm going to be able to hand those out while I'm in Costa Rica over the uh, next coming week. If anybody out there is going to Envision Festival, please let me know. I would love to meet you. And you might have already met me because maybe we met at the show or at the, uh, the festival and now you're checking out my podcast, in which case, hey, what's up? I'm so glad we met. <laughs> thank you for listening to Interverse Podcast. And thank you for supporting me on Patreon to all of you who do all of you who will decide to in the future. So just remember you can get there from the episode links in the description of this episode. You can get there from my website, interversepodcast.com, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash interverse and subscribe right there. Thank you much. I could not do this show without you. Literally, there would be no point if there's no audience. So thank you again. Even if all you can do is share the show with somebody and you can't, spend a dollar that's okay i really appreciate you and also real quick i want to give a shout out to Kalpataru tree for providing this really good background music that i've been using while i tell you about my patreon okay let's get on to the episode
I've got a really exciting guest for you guys. Brian Pollitt has been on the show before, back in episode 16 of season one. He goes by the uh, moniker Pixel Pusher on the internet. Definitely do not forget to go to the episode description and click on the links to see what he's up to. You can find his artwork at cybry.net. That's P-S-Y-B-R-Y dot N-E-T. You can also find him online for under the name Pixel Pusha. So find all the links in the episode description. He makes some of the most psychedelic, but clean and cl- like crisp, clear digital artwork you'll ever see. And he does actually do a lot of psychedelics in order to enhance his ability to do that artwork and also to just experiment with what's going on in those different substance spaces. So if you have any kind of interest in the expansion of consciousness or mind-altering substances or what that looks like on an artistic expression, definitely go look at what Brian's up to online, buy a print from him, or whatever he might be selling on his website that looks cool to you. And, you know, just follow him, support what he's doing. He's really interesting. He's one of the coolest people I've ever got to talk to on this show. I probably say that a lot. But, hey... I get to talk to some cool fucking people on this show. I'm really lucky. Also, make sure that you check out the episode description for links to music in this episode. Right now, you're hearing The Portal by Beta Future. Thank you guys for letting me use your music. I love your fucking music. It gets me so hyped. And Brian was like, you got to play drum and bass. So, there you go. I don't got a whole lot more to ramble on about other than a whole heaping huge pile of thank you for listening to the show and for supporting the show on Patreon and for sharing the show with people that you know, either by telling them to check it out or sending them a link or whatever. Oh, and also I want to remind everybody that I am now off of Facebook forever and I'm on Steemit. So if you want to see what Steemit's all about, go to steemit.com slash interverse and there will be plenty more description of what Steemit is for in future episodes. But for now, just check it out. You can make money off of Steemit just while you use it and post things. Your content actually has value that belongs to you. It's the future. Down with Facebook. Down with Twitter. Down with all that stuff. Let's move on to bigger, bigger and better things. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. On to the episode with Pixel Pusha, also known as Brian Pollitt. I love you guys. Let's go. I was building this website and uh, it wasn't showing up at all. Like the style was all fucked up. And uh, so I I asked one of my mentors, what the fuck is going on? Because everything lines up. And they're like, you just have one capital C in there. That's that's all it was, and it just fucked the entire thing. So I spent hours and hours trying to figure out what the fuck was happening. Yeah, I feel your pain, and that's what I've been doing all day. And it's a brave world to foray with. It was a coding world, man. I'm, uh, I I'm, I know enough to know how crazy it is, but I don't know anything about actually doing it. So I just like pity the fool, you know. Uh, I, <laughs> it's gotta be hard. It's a, you know, with art, it's like there's a million different ways to do one thing. And then you might be the only person that likes that. Everyone else hates it. With code, it doesn't really matter what you like. 
or what you don't like. It's just straightforward ones and zeros. Um, and that's what I like about it. I don't have to prove shit to you <laughs> like I do with my art. It's kind of interesting, like compared to ancient Egyptian uh, statue making or something, supposedly it didn't change for several hundred or maybe thousand years. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. But from what I understand, it was like they were striving to all match a perfect, what they considered like a perfect system for their sculptures. Mm-hmm. Whereas then the Greeks took on the idea of art being more um, creative and like yeah. innovative and unique. Mm-hmm. But, I could um, be mixing that all up. Someone's going to be like, no, that's not how it is. But well, I don't know. They, yeah, they, uh, everything in Egypt was like lateral or front on. And the Greeks were like, yeah, well, let's make naked people because naked people are awesome. And let's make them you know, tilt, let's have all their weight on one leg instead. Yeah, they, they just got into the three-dimensionality of it. But um, did, I think both cultures had a pretty good understanding of the geometric patterns in the human form whenever they were doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the Greeks did it better, but the yeah. Egyptians discovered it. <laughs> so the Egyptians were like led the way. They were like, check out these awesome things that we did with stone and the Greeks we're into mathematics and we're like, let's take that and one up these guys and then we'll conquer them later. Um, so, and then Rome was like, well, if Greece wanted to conquer Egypt, we should probably go conquer Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Greece became Rome. Yeah. yeah. They, man, well, the ideas it, transferred through and then now we've got a lot of those same ideas. And and you could say infecting our current culture. Oh, there's a lot of in infestations as recently. But um, how but, are you, uh, man? Yeah, welcome to the show. I meant to. I've been meaning to say that, but I liked what we were talking about, so I wanted to keep. You know, I love talking about shit. I don't have any clue about like Egypt. No. <laughs> I know, have I know we a little started bit, I guess. the recording yet? Yeah, I just went ahead and hit record. You're we're on and oh, good okay. to go. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, I I hit you up about wanting to come on the show again because I like little podcasts and watching them grow into something else. And that seems to be what you've been doing um, is growing and getting cool guests on. And hopefully you'll be quadrupled by the end of the year. Um, but uh, it's also uh, it's it's the time where a lot of people are hitting me up and, and trying to plan out festy season, this big season that you and I are a part of. Um, I just got off the phone with uh, a gallery coordinator for Desert Hearts and, uh, and the Unz Festival, actually. And they're already planning all this stuff out. And uh, I wanted to come on your show to talk a bit about um answer questions that i've got throughout the year and i tried to answer them all um and uh been unsuccessful and i've just been given kind of uh basic answers to uh, and they all relate to what am i going to do as an artist (laughs) how am i going to make it as an artist so uh 
if if you don't mind if i you know free reign dude just go for it yeah. oh, i will try really hard not to interrupt so i do this oh, so i can practice listening so if you have a lot to say I, go for it i'm happy <laughs> i do this because i need to practice talking perfect I, you know with, without alcohol i uh it's difficult <laughs> for me but yeah. um uh so for those people who may not remember or have never heard of me um i've been a graphic designer in san francisco for the past five years most of my work um is kind of unnotable just because it's for startups and companies like that um but i take a bunch of inspiration from the party scene festival culture psychedelic renaissance if you will uh, and i apply that a lot in my artwork uh, and it's been very successful the most notable um notable thing that i've done um was the 2016 20-day binge where I took a different drug every day for 20 days and made a painting. Um, and that project got a lot of uh, attention on the web and I got a lot of questions. I want to say and, a quick thing about that, actually. Mm -hmm. Here I am interrupting already. But, That's uh, all good. Uh, that, that project made such a splash, man. I didn't, I didn't know about it before I met you at the UNS, but <laughs> I have since like met multiple people that already knew what I was talking about when I told them about that and about you, including <laughs> literally just two nights ago, I was at the rock climbing gym and I was telling people there that I had a podcast and they're like, Oh, cool. And then I was like, yeah, I'm uh, going to talk to this cool guy, pixel pusher. He did this binge series and they're like, Oh yeah, I've seen that. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just like random dudes at the gym. So and that's in the middle of uh, Springfield, Missouri. So you definitely are getting stuff out there. Well, anyway, continue, man. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny people. I go to, I like went to GNC to pick up five HTP for, you know what? And, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, the guy was like, you're that artist. You're that guy. And so the guy in GNC knows who I am, but anyways, um, so yeah, that, 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 got a lot of attention and there's a lot of especially young artists um and by for lack of a better term psychedelic aspiring artists who have asked a lot of questions and then i do want to answer them i just you know get distracted don't have time so uh the first uh one of the questions that i, I want to uh address is how do you how do you create original artwork how do you separate yourself from other artists and my answer to that is i don't try to separate myself or be original at all from other artists um, if anything i try and be more similar to other artists um, because there there's a, a reigning truth there's a it's there's a power in journeying through the beaten path. So it, it, originality is something that's so impossible. You <laughs> right. know, you're, you're always gonna take something from someone else. Let's say you, you know, you you never you're like me, and you just started drawing when you were 18 or something, and you had one art teacher, um, and you that art teacher really inspired you and teach you taught you how to draw you're probably going to draw just like that art teacher or best you know how 
Um, if you and read comic you have, books, you're gonna look, you're gonna draw comic book looking stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, Copyright and, culture confines our creativity. Uh, sure. Because <laughs> people won't want to steal, like, like quote unquote, steal, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of pressure to be original as an artist, or they think that if they find some bullet trick, uh, bullet aesthetic, that they're gonna you know that's what they need um but let's you know back to the you, you take one workshop and you're going to draw like that or you take a hundred more workshops and all those a hundred different teachers you're going to draw like the amalgam of those people um so there's nothing wrong with with learning and experimenting and putting your own twist on things um and it it's a uh, i think we've talked about Andrew Jones on the show um, and his inspiration, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, where is he getting this from and how does he think that way? And beyond the fact that he's been doing this for his entire life and looked at so much art, if you look at someone like Chris Cooksey and H.R. Geiger and Alphonse Mucha, then you look at Andrew's work and you're like, I see where he's getting these, these, universally aesthetically pleasing elements from i just um, discovered muka this year um oh my god so good right and yeah, i bought he's, he's a, a big book of it for my wife <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i never made that connection to android jones to muka but i totally totally see it now yeah and and artists like that can really uh take the pieces that they like out of that and even even musicians and, and djs dissect other artists work and put it into their own and make their own journey, their own experience to, to show other people. So um, to wrap that question up is just just stop trying to be original and just, you know, just do shit. Just, just do shit that you want to do. And you'll, you'll find your niche eventually. I've come um, to that same conclusion because even if what you're doing is imitative to an extent the constellation of things that you imitate based on your experiences and your aesthetic interests are going to constitute a unique expression even if it is a lot of in your mind stealing the stealing isn't really stealing it's just a starting point because once you get there you there will be plenty that you do that is your own and you won't completely perfectly imitate alex gray or something because you're not him yeah yeah, yeah, that, like what, what's the saying? Like, if a, a a lion could speak English, we still wouldn't understand a word that you're talking about, because they have a completely different sensory. They they would not, we wouldn't be able to understand their perception of reality, and that that is true to some extent. That from for human beings, there is a there's a, a we have core feelings, you know, we can all relate to love and, and sorrow and all these core emotions, but we've, we've all gone through our own uh, journey to get where we are now that most people don't see. And that's where the, uh, you can start putting your own perspective into your artwork comes from. But yeah, it. I mean, it is literally a unique perspective for each and every individual human, even 
if they have, even if you haven't found out the way to articulate it to the world, every person listening right now, and in fact, every person ever, in a way, in a way, knows something that nobody else knows, <clears throat> which is that story that they have, you know, that the other person doesn't have the full context of, and the lessons inherent in that story. They might be similar lessons, but we all have a different way that we can communicate those things. And I don't know, art is, I feel like it's becoming more valued in our culture. And we, a lot of people at least are getting, you know, some real support through stuff like Patreon or Kickstarter campaigns or ways where they're sort of getting rid of middlemen between people supporting them and them actually doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it can be difficult to decide what kind of art you want to make. Once you get to a certain point, you can decide, I want to make more, you know, Trump art <laughs> because that's the hot topic, whether you, you know, wherever you stand on that, that's definitely. I had no idea. Attention. I would love talking about Trump as much as I do, but I actually, uh, I, and I, I thought about, you know, making all sorts of, um, satirical Trump art but there's so much of that out there and it, at the end of the day for me it just puts a sour taste in my mouth i'm rooting um, for the dude i mean if the mass media <laughs> is calling him a russian spy then he's probably doing good stuff because the mass media has never done anything but lie so i mean i'm not saying he's a good dude but like we might end up being in a better position with him as president than we thought you know i definitely know hillary was a bad scary thing not to go like there as a conversation topic i'd rather keep answering your questions it's interesting uh yeah i mean i'll I'll get to that in a minute Um, okay cool but i'll I'll just end that with um uh i i haven't seen such unity since uh trump became president since um the occupy movement Going to to uh, to women's march um, was insane. An entire city of different background people, beyond the vagina heads. Um, it, I everyone's kind of trying to get on the same page, and they're debating each other and questioning things. And uh, they they want change one way or the other. And I think in the ends, the people people are going to, we're going to turn out on top. Um, I agree too, but it's going to require that we spend more energy focusing on how we change ourselves and how we change our roles in these problems mm-hmm. that we have socially versus um, big marches and big movements like that. They have their effect, but to a large degree, what people do online and then sometimes in protest movements is a form of virtue signaling. But not that that's necessarily all bad either, because if there are people with a virtuous cause and then you join up just to signal that you're one of the good guys, you've, you know, you're still on the good guy team, so to speak. Yeah. But, but there, I just don't like whenever we get divided by our activism, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's the unfortunate side of things. Um, I, I have, friends on both sides of the fence and we could all party at one point and now um i I feel like i'm in the middle of all this all these uh, opinions and philosophies that um and i'm like come on guys let's all get along um so i I think it's something needs to happen though um to to 
find out what we want as a society and how we can work through these things. Um, so, uh, but I will move on from politics because <laughs> cool. there's just way too many political things everywhere nowadays. Um, no need to alienate folks <laughs> just because yeah. we won't hate one side or the other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. Stay in the middle. Like we said, like we said, everyone's got their own perspective and journey that we have not seen. Yeah. Um, but the one of the top questions that I get, and I just got another one today, is um, I want to do drugs and make art, and what? how should I do that? What drugs should I start with? Um, how do I find inspiration? Tell me how to do drugs. Um, and right off the bat, um, that's a huge responsibility. My project, uh, I never wanted to, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I did it, but making you do drugs was not one of them. Um, and that's a very personal choice. If you want to explore psychedelics, um, that's something that you need to research and find out if it's it's right for you if it's worthwhile you know um and, and it, drugs affect people different people in different ways uh you know much like uh milk is a good source of calcium uh unless you're lactose intolerant in which case you're just going to shit yourself lsd is a very Liber mentally liberating chemical, unless of course you're schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh, peanuts are a great source of protein and amino acids, unless you're definitely allergic to peanuts. Um, and MDMA is a, a, a heart opening substance, unless of course you have a heart problem. So it's it it's not a you know one size fits all approach it's um, in fact it's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency thing for most people <laughs> so are some people yeah um and uh, so I, I that's to find inspiration um if you are inspired if you're so curious about um exploring those avenues with the help of psychedelics just do your research equip yourself with truth and knowledge um, and that's going to be your, uh, your, your decision and your thing you got to do, um, as far as how to find inspiration, um, it's all around you. And if I'll, I'll, I'll reference, uh, a couple of artists, um, one of one artist, uh, Zach Smith, Z-A-K Smith. Um, he's a very talented uh, artist. He uses ink. Um, and he's he's got two things going for him that are very prominent in his artwork. One of them is he's a comic book nerd. Um, and the other one is that he's a porn star in Los Angeles. And he goes by Zach Sabbath. Um, and all he draws is these chicks that he's fucked um, in like tons of comic book 
references and just merchandise and like you can just see that's his life you know um if you know my life at some point was doing drugs and partying and so that reflects into my art so if you're looking for something to inspire just be inspired by it and you trying to create a concept you know look at your life are you just sitting around in your studio all day you know on facebook because that's not really that great a perspective um you know get out and and talk to people find out what you like and what really gets you inspired to express um i could chime in here on that too as because i feel like i'm on a similar path to you as you and that i'm exploring more and more into digital art as my i guess preferred medium although i like to work with inks too um but what what has been what started out as like a problem or struggle i guess for me was that very question where do i get inspiration where do i like how do i think of an idea of something to do i was great with messing with ideas that already existed though and so that was a good starting point um, imitating other people's artwork, even literally just doing a project or two where I tried to follow a tutorial until I had a certain effect. Or like, like for digital art, as an example, you can look up tutorials for certain styles of like a Photoshop effect or something, and then look at that and go, okay, I'm going to do my own version of that and follow the tutorial and actually learn something because you're not just following the tutorial steps, but you're giving applying your, it into your own art as well. yeah stuff like that really helps but for me the main thing that's like really helped me take off and have sort of the ability to imagine and conceptualize a project more and more at, before and during the process as opposed to just kind of doing shit was just doing shit like consistently yes. doing shit every day and not really caring about the outcome um got me eventually to the point where when it came to the point of the day where i was going to do some shit i had already thought of an idea and was going for it so like having that mo- momentum really is a huge thing because your brain stays in the processing of like, it becomes more who you are, I guess. And mm-hmm. so like the more that you just sit and practice, even if all you can get in is 15 minutes that day, if you just sort of keep the ball rolling, that helps a lot, at least for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you learn something every time, you know, it, you don't need to get attached to every little piece or every little thing you want to explore. I have, you know, hundreds of gigabytes of of bullshit that I'll never show and I'll never do anything with, but you know, at least I did it and I learned something and I'm like, okay, I'll put this into the next piece. That's where Patreon Uh, comes in. (laughs) You can recycle all that stuff. Yeah. Back into posts and content for people that pay you just like a dollar a month, free money. Mm. Have you you thought about about, I, I, you know, I, uh, this summer was really rough for me. Um, and I, I, I did start a Patreon and I didn't advertise it. I didn't follow through with it. I just kind of abandoned it. And then two people signed up to it. Um, and I, I didn't know what to do. They just wanted more of my stuff. They wanted my Photoshop documents. They wanted like specific pieces of art, um, with the layers. And, um, so that meant I had to, commit to creating something for them every month yeah which, uh i didn't want to do so uh Not yeah for eventually so few just, people yeah i mean i if i would have advertised it and made a video and 
from what I understand, man, you can also, you can set your own boundaries there. Like if what the fans ask for is something that you don't want to do, then that really defeats the purpose of Patreon. The, the purpose of it is so that you can get money doing what you want to do. So if those two people, even if they're like really awesome homies or are big fans, if to them it's not worth it to subscribe for one or $5 for whatever it is that you do possibly decide to offer, then don't worry about it. Someone else might. Um, mm -hmm. I, I personally just started one. I have a very small following, but just out of persistently pestering close friends and family <laughs> and the graciousness of a few of my listeners, um, I've got like 43 people subscribed. So, mm -hmm. and hopefully more from this episode, go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash universe. <laughs> but seriously. Well, you're, the, you're the first one, Dan. I got, I got BuzzFeed making a video for me right now. I've got all these other... Um, media outlets making uh you know putting together stories for this year's binge um but you're the first one so yeah. it's a huge honor too because you're also the first person that's been on the show that uh hit me up about wanting to come back and i didn't like ask them <laughs> so that made me pretty happy too I stay really... loyal that's another tip for all the artists stay loyal to people who want to support you well, um, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, thank, uh, th thank you for having me on again. Thank, uh, yeah, I, it's I'm more of an honor time. that you want to listen to me ramble about shit while I'm, um, you know, caffeinated. And, uh, <laughs> I, I want to do a better job than last time we talked and, you know, let you expand on your ideas more. And also my favorite thing about, okay, there's no favorite thing, but one of my favorite things about podcasts as a listener is that whenever you have a recurring guest that, is a friend of the host. You see not only like the dynamics of that relationship develop, but you see those individuals, you see their development by going from one conversation to the next, like once a year or something. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like these podcast people that are actually real people are almost yeah. like fictional <laughs> characters in a serial uh, story that you're just getting a new installment of every once in a while. Oh, they actually go to the gym and go to GNC to pick up 5-HTP, just uh, like me. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to ask you is on that binge, uh, how do you prepare yourself uh, physically? How do you take care of your health during that? Because I, I assume 5-HTP should be involved unless you're a madman, but I thought maybe you are a madman. I don't know. Um, I, um, I have a, a good amateur education uh, I, yeah. for those who might not know, I did another binge in 2017, but, uh, I, uh, I wanted to move a bit further away from drugs and focus on other concepts. And I, I don't think it's you incorporated be a, music genres in this one, right? Yeah. This year I Super had music cool. genres and it was kind of a, a love letter to an old lover of mine who I got pregnant recently. Oh, and, shit. uh, yeah, so I'm going to be a, a dad due in September. Um, so Virgo. Uh, Libra, if it's the end of September, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, now we're getting into occult stuff. Um, <laughs> but that, yeah, that was even, that was really interesting because um, when I got the news, I was tripping on acid. And my, oh, damn. My baby mama calls me up crying. And I'm, I just knew. Well, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm stoked to be a dad. Um, I, I've had moments like that where you just know. But not yeah, from like, being uh, a dad. That's huge. I mean, it wasn't expected at all. And I, I just kind of, the, the trip ended at that point. And I think I was just running on adrenaline um, and confusion. But uh, 
Well, also yeah, congratulations, man. You'll see it as a positive thank you. eventually. <laughs> no, I'm sure you do now even, but it is like just a heavy, it's just like, wow, that's- well, It's really heavy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do see it as positive. I was ready to move on anyway. I was ready to like change up my life and go into a different career path. And When people have um, a kid, they either mature a lot or they just start spiraling, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't wanna, I'm not, Pixel Pusher will not be a deadbeat dead. Let's just say, I will be hashtag dead life. With Hell yeah. Um, but, uh, to prepare myself for, uh, like there is, hmm, I gotta remember how I prepare myself. Um, I think the most important thing for me was to get good sleep and to eat well. I, I, before I did the binge series, I had years of experience taking drugs and partying and it wasn't, I knew what to expect from these experiences. Uh, my first trip on LSD, I, I'll never have that that first trip. I'll never be that intense again um, because I just I just know what to expect and I know how to work through a, a, a mental shift like that. Um, so it just came down to getting in a routine, which was have a good breakfast. Uh, and get good sleep, wait for the drugs to kick in, and uh, do what you can to make art, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, the one thing that'll that'll screw you up more than anything. Uh, let, let's talk about meth. Um, like meth, and you, you see all the pictures, uh, you know, meth. Not even once, and the people are they're all fucked up, and they got scabs, and they're teeth are falling out and all that stuff and meth itself doesn't necessarily do that but when you're awake for five days and you haven't been eating um your body starts to pull whatever it can um so, so it's, it, the, it's the binging it, aspect of it's meth. yeah and it's the fact that your homeostatic functioning is suspended when you're on a stimulant like MDMA or meth or phenethylamines. And with any substance, it really matters your mindset of like intentionality of why you're doing it, because mm -hmm. that's going to dictate a lot of like how your energetic dependency does or does not form on the substance. Like if you, I mean, especially with psychedelics though, you can really just have one experience and not necessarily feel like you've got to stay there. And like yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. And I, I even like going back to meth. Yeah, right. Theoretically do meth every single day and be functioning. Um, and there are a lot of people who do, and you would never know. Um, but they, they're know. going home and they're go they're hopefully getting some amount of sleep and they are eating a nutritious meal so that their body doesn't eat itself. It's those um, cracked out meth heads that give it a bad name. <laughs> I've never tried it on purpose, but I feel like it's been <laughs> incorporated with MDMA that I've taken before or even just been passed to me as MDMA before. Yeah, uh, MD, MDMA has common. similar similar uh, side effects. And like, I don't know too many people who desire to eat on MDMA, um, myself included. I don't, things are not appetizing. Um, See, I can eat on any 
psychedelic. So <laughs> it's, that's not a factor for me. My body even maybe, yeah. I don't know, for me it feels like, oh, this will only help. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what it is, like I'm not going to want a cheeseburger. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, the, the, with the, the, the stimulants, it's, you're being rewarded constantly. And that's the whole point of, of, of the substances is that it's releasing dopamine and it's rewarding you and it's telling you that everything is okay. So, so you don't really, everything is fine. Why do I need to eat? I feel fine. Why do I need to stay hydrated? I feel fine. Why do I need to, uh, regulate my core temperature why you know uh, uh, see i just don't mind about the eating thing i'm just stoked about everything so i'm like yeah pizza yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's that's good that's healthy if you can be stoked about more things the better um but uh something that i, I want to kind of shift gears here and um talk about you, you mentioned patreon how you just started it we're talking about growing our projects or business so uh the one of the another question is how do i make money and sustain myself as an artist um and that's a big question and that's one i get there's no answer to that i feel like every artist has to figure that out their self (laughs) there's a the details yeah you got to figure that out for yourself but there are some some rules um, and as I get further into uh, user experience development and app development and and figuring out uh, uh, designing the interaction users have with mobile apps or websites or whatever product it may be, um, these things start to become more clear to me. Um, but the first thing as an artist it, is, get a place where people are are able to support you. Um, and there's always going to be someone who wants to support you, whether it's a $5 donation or it's a, a you know, I'm going to share this on my Facebook page. Um, if you don't even have an avenue for them to click a, a, a buy now, buy this print now button or buy this track, um, it, you know, it's, it's you're closing that off. I think Andrew Jones said it's you're, you're saying you're a starving artist, but if you don't even have that, it's like sewing your lips shut. Um, you so, gotta find a way to make money while you sleep and while you work and yeah. just have it happen automatically. Kind of, well, there's still only work. Like you got to send them the print or whatever, but yeah, but With Patreon, man, you know, you could do something like have a, a reward tier where people send you 30 bucks a month and you send them a quality print once a month mm-hmm. of your choosing from your entire catalog. Like you could do stuff like that for sure. There's actually um, something I want to do for the Interverse Patreon that I just have to get a little bit more monthly funding before it seems feasible and I need to get people to join the tier where something very similar, I want to have a featured artist of the month uh, for the show where everyone in the $15 and up can get a small print from once a month from one of the artists that was on the show that month, mm-hmm. you know, something cool like that. And then maybe use my stuff in, in to fill the gaps where I don't have uh, an artist there, but I need people to join that tier. If that sounds interesting, go check it out. But for you, man, there's the, the cool thing about Patreon and what I would tell other artists to, to expand on what we're discussing right now is that you, <laughs> 
do it your way. And that is why Patreon is cool because you can literally say, um, there's only one way to subscribe to me, $5 or nothing. If you pay me at least $5, you get this. Nothing too fancy, nothing else other than that. Or you could have tiers broken out from one to a hundred, however you want to do it. And like, so if you don't want to make more work for yourself, you don't have to do it that way, but just setting up the space and, and making sure that you have links back to it and you mention it sometimes. I mean, you would personally get more than two people on your Patreon, even if there was just one reward tier that was just like support my art period. And you just mm -hmm. get a gallery, you know, like yeah. it, anything. I think uh, a philosophy I've, I've been living by as far as uh, how to make money on an artist and it applies to any artist, um, regardless of your business method is that you understand the value of your product and your services. So all art, um, it puts value into someone's life. It, uh, like for in my in my case, um, someone looks at a piece of my art and there's they immediately attach some sort of value to it, um, and it's just about promoting that imagination in their mind. Um, I there's a, a, an ex, one of the more uh, prominent examples of when this has happened is years ago, some guy, uh, he wanted me to, he, he paid me like $3,000 to make an oil painting. Um, Cause he thought if he hung this oil painting in his room, that when he brought women over, they'd be more likely to fuck him. And I, I cannot guarantee that at all. Um, but that's the value he's placing it. That's what it's worth to him. If it gave him that kind of confidence, it might have actually it, worked. You know, and, and you know, maybe it's something as simple as I'm going to, with my art that I hang up, I have the, the value I put into it is I wake up and I look at it and I, I, I'm inspired to make something that beautiful. So understand the value of your art, um, whatever medium it may be. and. Uh, negotiate with people on how much value that is monetarily. So I've heard and, that and, advice from people that make jewelry that <laughs> just because you could get away with selling this thing for $40 and you really want to make a sale, never start at that low amount at all. Like, like value, put a high value on the, your creations because if you're really it's just like you said, it does. There's just a lot of uncountable ways that it could bring value to your life. It, mm -hmm. And if what you need out of like, I don't know, you could definitely always charge a little more than what you are. Like it will put people's expectations of the value of your creation at the same level as what you're asking for, I guess. And then we get into the, within reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then now you're getting to, um, which is something that should be brought up is the, um, like the pyramid scheme, not really a, a scheme or a scam, but it, you know, you want, you want something for every uh, level of uh, a consumer. So you want something for the people who can only afford a $5 hologram or sticker or whatever. All the and you want something for the 10, school. yeah, $10. And then you want something for people who can spend $20 on the print and then $45 in the print. And then, getting into the, you know for every price point because all of these people want us to support you in some way and they might not have 
the means. So if you're, you know, you have a website with nothing but prints that are 500 plus dollars, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities for people who can only spend $5 or something. And that adds up. And those are the same people that are probably going to share your work online, going to talk about it. Um, so creating different price points and understanding the value of your art is, is very important in making money and how you do that. Uh, like you said, it's, it's, uh, open, open. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense to me though. And, um, another, I think another good advice that I've, I've kind of dipped my toes into sort of like the internet marketing world to try to see what the sort of uh, soulless do anything to get people to look at your stuff, advertising methods mm-hmm. might be. But what seems to be really popular and effective is to be creating a contact list out of people that are your fans in some way, get them to somehow subscribe to a newsletter of yours or um, in some way get a way to harvest their emails so that you have a way independent of any social media's popularity to potentially reach out and contact everybody that has ever supported you and let them know that, Hey, I got this new thing. And mm-hmm. I guess that's a pretty like, you know, it's just a matter of statistics. If you have, if you spend years building up the list of people's email addresses and you have 10,000 email addresses, 50,000 email addresses, and you send out a product because Theoretically, those people all subscribe to you or in some way you got that email address because they thought your shit was cool. And it's like, seriously, you're going to sell to a certain amount of people if you, you know, mass barrage a newsletter out. So um, mm-hmm. I guess that's another way of saying that's sort of like the robotic way of saying it's important to make communities and have the ability to have communication back and forth. Um, being yeah. accepted like being accessible to email or be messaged through social media is probably a good thing. Um, But also know your boundaries too, because sometimes people will not respect your boundaries, um, especially if they have some admiration for you, but a weird twisted inferiority complex about themselves. It can get a little Mm -hmm. strange. Yeah. Then, then, then we're getting into uh, competition. If if that's what you're referring to, um, oh, no, no, no. Not really competition. Just like, you know, sometimes somebody will hit you up and you really want to be a kind and compassionate person, but essentially they just want a lot of attention and you need to not talk to them that much. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. not like, uh, no, not a, and that's tricky because you, you don't want to reject somebody. You don't want to be like cold or not loving, but there's a certain amount of time that it takes you do want to validate that you want to validate something so if someone Mm -hmm. hits you up and is like you're doing great and i love your art um that's put making them kind of vulnerable and they're respecting you and you want to always show gratitude just always show gratitude and say you know thanks for the support at the very least and you know justify that their actions give them a little winky smiley face yeah yeah, that's cool and you know sometimes you got to drop the hammer and um that's almost never though. <laughs> With me, funny. man, uh, me, I got never. I got all sorts of weirdos emailing me. Uh, <laughs> it's that association with the drugs thing because our culture has such a weird a, a weird set of 
symbolic attachments to the word drugs. It's kind of a shitty word, even. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, with, I don't know if I mentioned it the last uh, time we spoke, but um, the, the people who supported that project and the people who were totally against it were it's so surprising. The people who supported it were like very normal people who had, uh, you know, no connection with the psychedelic scene, psychedelic renaissance or, or festivals or Burning Man at all. They were just Joe Schmo or, you know, house mom or something like that. And they were just like, well, that's just great. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> the, 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 you know, and you, you, of course you get the, the trippy people and the heady guys and that they were supportive, but there were the people who really hated that project were like, the people who call themselves psychonauts, like the that that had a very uh, rigid uh, opinion of what psychedelics are, what they should be, and they, and those really, are the, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every trip's going to be different and means something different uh, for from person to person. But people when um, they have a strong attachment to a group identity, they just get weird. Yeah. So yeah, goes back I, to I, the politics thing we talked about earlier. <laughs> yep, yeah, and I, I definitely don't want to call myself a psychonaut anytime soon. After all that, I hashtag but, psychonaut before. <laughs> I'm not even a big psychedelic user, but you know, sometimes I mean, it comes up a lot on this show because it's such an important topic to even expose people to. Mm-hmm. I have it's come to my awareness that there's people that have listened to the show, which I, I guess expected at some point, but that literally don't have any knowledge of our festival culture that we take kind of for granted as being immersed in it as we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's still a lot of weird thought control police about psychedelics in general. And it is really important to have these open and honest conversations about like, yeah, you can, it's not going to kill you if you did meth one time. Should you do it or not? I can't tell you that. It's not up to me. It's up to you. But um, like me personally, just to put it out there, I guess I'm not a meth user. Uh, I don't hold any judgment for anybody for trying anything or doing anything um, because you can't really form an opinion about something unless you have experience. There's no such thing as really gaining knowledge through the intellect alone. You have to experience to know. Especially mm-hmm. psychedelics really show you that too. Yeah, yeah, um, and we're living in a time where so much is based on reference rather than actual experience, and the references are always biased. So um, it's they're always referencing something that's never really correct to begin with. Yeah, like th- there's a lot of that. Um, I mean, it's from science to all other forms of academia. It's really a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's really going on. Yeah, yeah, and um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's good to, to have these open conversations. Um, and with that, uh, w- do you have any questions or concerns, smart remarks, or emotional outbursts um, concerning these topics? You're asking me. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> other than the. M- you know, the interruptions I've already made to your talking about it, not necessarily at this time, but I could always go on. I actually was about to ask you a question of 
do you have a few more minutes or do you want to get I, I have uh, a few more minutes yeah absolutely cool um just let me know when you need to jump off here i we can go another 30 or so if you want <laughs> or less if you if if you need to get going because I, I was planning to keep you till about about right now based on what we planned earlier but totally mm-hmm. down to talk more if you've got the time because i i'm enjoying our i'm always enjoying our vibe sure. and our conversations mm-hmm. and it's really hard to even get to talk to somebody this deep like uh 50 minutes into a combo is rare these days in a can we can setting. we take calls is that a thing <laughs> no we're not live are we no um <laughs> i did i did make an attempt to get some listener questions fielded for this episode but hmm. didn't really pan out that's one of the aspects of the patreon actually is one of the tiers five dollars and up will have access to the upcoming guest list and also if you throw questions at me i'll make sure and ask them but Whenever I shared that in my group of $5 and up people, and I was like, Brian Pollock's going to be on the show, Pixel Pusher, here's mm-hmm. his artwork. I shared some uh, pictures of your artwork. And tons of people, like the whole group of the patrons basically commented or liked it. But all the comments were just like, wow, dot, nice. dot, dot. Neat. Sweet, bro. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> 100. Um. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I think it was that Desert Hearts picture that's like really black and white oh yeah um so, what do you call that what you might call it yeah i think you're referring to the piece called k darling um uh which i actually recently a hard drive the hard drive that had all of the binge series and all of my uh documents crashed um oh. so some of the files are lost forever Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so if you have some of my files Lucky you. <laughs> Only the reason why maybe you should have released those Photoshop files to those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a backup out there. Uh, but uh, what was the question? Or was the question, do you have more time? It was just, do you have more time? Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of some of your pictures, I'm planning on basically migrating all of my original content posting from what was like using Instagram and Facebook over to this new social media platform uh, called Steemit. And so one of the great elements of Steemit is that you're able to embed pictures in your posts and have different font sizes and formats and actually have like a real blog type post with what you're doing. And it also limits you to five tags and it has sort Mm -hmm. of like a Reddit style upvoting system for category based uh, searching. It's pretty cool. Anyway, um, if it's cool with you, I'll probably, I would like to use, a good handful of pictures in that post that uh so i was wondering if you would rather t- send me that or just grab files off of cyberry.net or is it cyberry.com it's cyberry.net um and that'll probably change too because i'm getting like you have any promo, promo images you can shoot over to me that would be absolutely kind of thing. whatever you want man whatever sweet you want. Sweet. But it's really cool because like on a Facebook post, you can sort of make an album, but that always gets ignored. And uh, anyway, this way gives you a lot more control over the way it looks. And another great thing about Steemit is there's way more white space in the user interface and way less chaotic, constant notifications about bullshit you don't care about. And you're only you're sort Mm -hmm. of like locked into the tunnel that you're searching for. And whenever you click on a post, it takes up the whole screen and like I said, it has a lot of elements of formatting that you can control. Anyway, yeah. it's like, as a designer, what, what do you think about that weird balance that you have to strike between easy 
like user interface, but also giving people enough elements of control that they have freedom. Um, it's interesting you you bring that up. Um, and do you think Facebook is manipulating things to make people dumber? <laughs> oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay, um, I do. I I think Facebook is is a kind of all in one convenience platform. Um, you can make events. You can easily message your friends. Um, you, uh, uh, I'd say a, a really, and there's, there's different target, uh, audiences. So let's, let's compare Instagram with Snapchat. Um, they, they're kind of similar cause you're taking pictures, but it's for a very different purpose. Um, they're both fairly easy to use. Um, and you have something like Instagram that allows you to multitask. So you can take a picture, edit it, or a video, and then in the corner, it's going to go up and start loading. It's not going to keep you on a loading screen. So you can, it's going to load, and you can continue scrolling and multitask. Um, and then uh, Snapchat is more of a... You don't have to get dressed up. There's no commitment to it. Um, so I'm sorry. I just went on a tangent. Your question was, yeah, what do I okay. think of the, the ease of use? Or I hate, or, I hate you too many. Like the balance, but I hate you with too many things at once. The balance between keeping it easy to use versus giving people um, enough elements of creative control that they can do shit. Because like Facebook oh, yeah. is really uh, restrictive with the well, way it's you can about the, stuff. The, the, uh, the, yeah, that's what you we call user experience and that's up to you on how you want the user to what kind of experience do you want them to have do you want them to go through a bunch of drop down menus probably not do you you like it's good to like just make them scroll and have a journey and tell a story on one page and then always have like a button that says shop or donate uh-huh. or uh you know go here and so it's uh, the easier and simpler you can make it, the better. Mm. Um, and you, you know, you always, obviously you always want a menu bar for the people who are returning and kind of know exactly where they want to go. But if they're just getting into uh, this podcast, you want them to. Uh, you want to show exactly what this is about, mm. and then all the things are, that they will get from this podcast and how they can be involved, whether it be through donation or they want to submit a story or whatever. That's um, why I esteem it would be cooler for me because I can actually lay all that out in a nice, well-prepared post, whereas Facebook just doesn't give you that nice of a layout option. And you have to wonder because it's not like they don't have the resources to make the ultimate user-friendly but creatively awesome experience that makes everyone really happy and psychologically uplifted. But when you Google the phrase, Facebook makes me, the autocomplete for the search will be like depressed, sad, angry, (laughs) all bad shit. So like they have the resources, they have the research, especially with big data, that they know what they're doing. And there's a reason why Facebook is, is chaotic and weirdly addictive as it is to people and it's it's um it's a lot of instant gratification super fucking censored too i've already ranted about how my facebook has been censored since i talked about the pipeline stuff 
But mm -hmm. to go back to Steema, another thing I wanted to tell you about it, because you're internet savvy, you might be interested in even looking at this. Uh, the entire network of posts and comments and replies constitutes a blockchain um, transaction equation system. So every like and everything you're doing on there generates Steam power, which is a cryptocurrency. And huh. it's... Oh, yeah. there was a... Yeah, I remember there was a, another social networking like that called TSU, I believe, or something so like that. Hopefully there's a lot happening and that's definitely going to be the future because you should own the value of your content when you post on social media. But when you post on Facebook or Instagram, the value of your content belongs to them and they yeah. profit off of the advertising and all that. So really, I'm, I'm kind of super gung-ho about it, but I'm, I've made the jump off of there, man. Like I'm only going to check it once a week and maybe not once a month after that and uh, just make sure all my stuff on there directs people elsewhere. And, you know, that's, that's been the, the, uh, a big idea. And I think a lot of it kills creativity is creating a platform where you don't actually create content, but you just have the platform like Facebook doesn't really make much content. They use other people's content. YouTube doesn't make videos. Amazon doesn't really make many. They, they make some crappy shows, but <laughs> they, they're selling other products that are made by other people. For Uber Facebook, doesn't have drivers. Facebook is actually <laughs> energy vampirism. Because uh, they're literally extracting your attention, which is the most powerful form of energy you have as uh, as whatever it is that we are thinking we're humans. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, if, you're, if you're okay with that, if you if, uh, like Facebook yeah, at this point is kind of a pay to play. Well, they're I, extracting that attention and then they're profiting off of it with the advertising. Whereas something like a cryptocurrency backed social media, yeah, your attention's going into it, but it's being invested into the community at large and into real human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is that it's good to to explore these these ideas of creating a, a cryptocurrency in a certain community rather mm -hmm. than just using a platform that is really one-sided for a lot of people. Um, you know, if you're just mm -hmm. a regular guy that just wants to use Facebook to conveniently chat with your friends, it's, you know, whatever, and read some funny things maybe but um yeah I, that's where that's where i want i and i hope society goes towards other avenues um the innovative like and cre about. the innovative stuff i've seen on steam it from people like amazing articles independent journalism um write-ups about how to make craft beer like everything you can imagine <laughs> versus and there are occasional like cat videos and stuff like that that does get upvoted but you'll find it in the appropriate category and it's not like coming up unless you're subscribing to it on purpose whereas the way something like facebook is designed because everybody just shares things kind of willy-nilly oh i i see um, i, I see where you're their going. algorithms push bullshit up and yeah okay and uh important stuff down i was yeah that was your previous question of yes that's yes facebook is guiding you through what they want you to see. Yeah. I have a I have an artist page and it's constantly even with ad blocker it's constantly trying to get me to spend money on advertisement mm -hmm. constantly. Um and uh there things like I look up I don't know a, 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 a an art class or something a, a workshop and then I get a bunch of ads throughout Facebook that are for different schools and workshops and all this stuff that 
you know, I, that's stuff that I, I find reasonable to see. That's, that's fine. Um, you know, I, if I'm looking up nothing but art stuff and workshops, I don't want to see something like uh, a, a tampon ad because <laughs> it just doesn't apply to me. So it, you know, it's, it's useful in a lot of senses um, to, to find things that you want and find stories and events that you might be interested in. It's great for um, events and coordinating with people that you're going to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but we used to do that without Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did it fine. And the, you know, what's funny is there's no, platform for, uh, there's no platform for events. Probably you know? because it's too directly competitive with Facebook and it's somehow kind of not being. Even Facebook well. is going to send you to Ticketfly or Eventbrite or whatever the hell. You yeah. Know? If you had a social networking platform or a platform that's just focused on you're either looking for a party at two in the morning, four in the morning, or you are an event promoter. And it has LinkedIn commerce. So instead of redirecting the user to uh, a, a third party, Ticketfly or whatever, um, you just use that platform and it sends directly to your account or something. You know, I, I'm surprised that there hasn't, that no one's made something like that. And if they have, it's certainly not very known or popular, um, which is weird because the entertainment industry is the biggest industry in the world. <laughs> well, it is hard for ideas that compete with things that have a lot of money backing them to actually get around whenever there's the potential for weird shit like um, Facebook has the potential to do in terms of changing up what information you do see. Anyway, not yeah. to rant too much about that, but I, to kind of go back to talking about what we originally were really getting on on about which is sort of answering questions about how do i be an artist how do i make this work how do i mm-hmm. how do i sell my stuff and make a living doing it i can't answer that question precisely because i've never made a living doing it but that's only because i've remained too much in my comfort zone of having a regular job that basically constitutes me making a living and not needing to depend on making stuff work with art but if one thing i would have be doing if I was trying to do this full time and I had left my job would be reaching out to communities and subcultures. So like one thing that I have been into as an artist and just kind of fallen off with making products because I literally put all my extra money into this podcast right now. I'll get back to making products, but I was doing hat pins and like lapel pins, the festi pins, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And that constitutes a subculture or community of really dedicated people that are creators and also consumers of their thing. And so there's like all this, all this support and energy is cycling around in this subculture and a lot of mm-hmm. money, more and more money is getting invested in it. And so like you can, if you've, you can find a, a subculture or a community to tap into, to join up with the link into that can also go alongside with learning from others, imitating others, you know? Like, yeah. I, 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 I break, I've broken it down because um, I, I guess that can be the, the, the final question. Um, Perfect. Uh, is people are wondering where, how they're advancing and when they should see progress and how do you even make 
or how do you, how do you be an artist? <laughs> um, and it's it's really intimidating when you first start out. And yeah, you're gonna have to leave your comfort zone. But I've broken it down in, in different levels um, of, of artists, and this is all my terminology. So there's I would categorize it in three different levels. It'd be a beginner or student artist. Then there's the intermediate or professional, and then there's the highest tier, which is the master. Um, and when you start, everyone starts off as a student or a beginner. And the students, the, the beginner is only focused on learning what art is to them, learning how to make art, um, just discovering things. And they put no value into anyone's lives. If they do, it's very small. And therefore, they don't make money on their art. They don't support themselves with their I've art. I've seen beginner art bring value, honestly, but they didn't make money off of it. And they didn't make money. Yeah, it's, it's very small because they're still, and that's fine. That's, some, that's a step you have to take is you need to learn how you want to solidify your art and, and what, it, what it means to you and what it means to the world. Mm -hmm. Then once you discover that, um, you start to create your niche. You start to find your niche. Uh, and you uh, you move up to the intermediate or the professional where you can, being that you do put value in people's lives, uh, you are being supported because those people find value in your art. I started off making flyers for parties and I started just making trippy art at, at parties in uh, Wormhole Wednesday in Oakland. Um, and that's where I got my my start. That's where I got my niche, um, which formed me. And a master, which not too many people, I think, get to, um, is someone like H.R. Geiger or Mooka or something that's – or Star Wars. You know, it's – Something that defines like an entire movement and Something that is just – it's timeless and – it really, it's not just niche, it's universal. That's exactly you know? the word that was coming into my mind. I was literally like, um, the master creates an entire, spawns an entire universe out of their creation because so many people end up imitating and learning from the path mm -hmm. of that master that it literally can spawn a subgenre or subculture or something of that nature. And yeah. uh, so that's like a universe. It's, it becomes universally um, recognized and that's sort of like, just the way that certain styles of art from the past, like impressionism or something, everybody knows that word, even if they don't even know how to necessarily define it. Yeah, everyone's seen the the alien, the H.R. Geiger alien. Everyone knows what his artwork look like. Looks like it's it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I know? saw that fucking Cthulhu three D <laughs> shit you were working on a while back. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely tried to check on your pages every now and again, um, just to see what craziness you're doing. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, uh, so as uh, as you start learning and, and making, you just understand that you're going to go through these steps as an artist, um, and it's it's really a, about how you can put value into people's lives and how many people see it and what it means to them, um, and that that'll happen. The more you explore, uh, the more you connect with people they people will influence your art whether you want them to or not and you'll influence their lives and they will support you for that so that's cool man sage words from 
a man who, from my perspective, you are a master, but I know that from the context you're describing, it takes great, great things to be a master and you strive to really continue improving yourself and, and redefining yourself all the time. And uh, like to me, I want to be friends with and talk to people like you as much as I can because I want to I want those words of wisdom that you just dropped because <laughs> it's a very blurry, it's a very blurry line and a long, a long trench between what you would just call beginner and intermediate or like professional as an intermediate. Yeah. And, you know, like I've made some money um, doing graphic design work here and there. And as I, the more, how I feel about it is, I guess to add one caveat, caveat to like the conversation of like how to be an artist, there will be, if you do get involved, if you do talk to people enough, eventually, and if you keep doing your art, eventually there will be one great opportunity that shows up. And it might even seem like a little too big for you to handle, but you'll learn from it and you, you should do it. Take the opportunity, whatever it is. Like, hey man, can you design this for me? But also remember to value yourself. Be like, I can't do it for free, but I'll do it. And, uh, you know, like figure out what it is that it is, the value is to you based on whatever you mm -hmm. think your skill level is and all that. And when you take that opportunity, the next one will show up and then the next one will show up and then the next one will show up. But if you stall on that one opportunity, you're not going to get another one. It's just weird. It works a lot like that. I mean, you might get more than one at once. You might start getting some serious chain reactions going on, but you have to sort of program your universe and that that's the case, that this is who you are, this is what you're doing. So other people, when they talk about you, are like, yeah, my friend does this, this kind of work or this kind of art. And then that person's like, oh, I need someone to do this. And then boom, you've got another referral. But you have to sort of, you have to be it, I guess. What you do every day defines you. That's something that I've really learned. Yeah. And, and uh, on, a, on a more physical level, understand like, our five senses it's how we perceive the world that's how we uh sense the world sense and perceive um sight is one of our most used um senses uh you know any company that needs to communicate anything needs visuals um so if you uh, like don't get taken advantage of saying oh well you know you're just you're just an artist you're whatever um they they need you <laughs> they 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 need visual design and that visual design is going to make them money it's going to make them succeed and you need to understand that it has a lot of value you have a lot of value and don't let people tell you otherwise because without you, then they have really tacky web design from MySpace 2004 or something. You know? um, but uh, Sage words. <laughs> yeah, understand the senses. Understand the senses. But um, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. I was going to uh, say, it seems like a perfect place to hop <laughs> off here. Yeah. Man, I so appreciate you coming on here, giving me your time. And I know the audience will really enjoy our conversation. It's super refreshing to to like check in with you again and see just how fire developed. Huge amount of congratulations are in order for the fact that you're about to have a little spawn spawn link. <laughs> a <laughs> little sub pixel. Um. Open invitation to return anytime if you want to talk about 
that or talk about some future project or if you decide to spruce up your Patreon and you want an opportunity to talk about it in a long format, just come on and for sure. Go for, for it. Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, thanks for wanting to come on. Again, that's also huge. Like that the fact that you regarded as uh, important to be loyal to a small thing like what I'm doing. Um, I appreciate it because I'm going to just keep doing it and it will be bigger next year and bigger the next year. And it'll be fun for people to go back and hear our second conversation, our first conversation <laughs> when we're on like our fifth or sixth. So mm-hmm. yeah, I look forward. All right. You have an awesome for- night. Yeah. Uh, um, Peace out, dude. Boom. End recording. the end of that thank you for listening thank you to brian for coming on and thank you to illyria dnb for this banging outro song make sure to check the episode description for links to everything we were doing check out brian's artwork online or you'll be sorry see you next week after i'm back from costa rica much love